This is the drinker here. You should give back to the bins a listen because it's the best podcast ever. Believe that. Did you guys ever realize that Charlie the Tuna was a psycho? No. No. Think about it. He wanted just to catch him and cook him up and serve him in a can to people. And he was upset that he wasn't being – he was a suicidal – uh, tuna fish. <laughs> Did nobody ever realize that? Sorry, Charlie. Yeah, as, as a kid, I thought that was kind of... Sorry, was Charlie, we're going to let you live. <laughs> we're going to sacrifice you to stock gonna, it instead gonna, of Bob. We're going to kill all your friends, and you're going to live. <laughs> Survivor's guilt. That's so so in other words, Charlie the Tuna was t- telling Starkist, if you want to kill me, you'll have to come down here. And they said no. <laughs> I've done far worse than kill you. I've killed all your friends. All I your wish friends. to go on killing your friends. Sorry, Charlie. Starkest! Avengers Spotlight! everybody and welcome to back to the bin well it's actually welcome to true true freaks presents back to the bins presents avengers spotlight presents <laughs> avengers disassembled i'm paul spataro and i am here with scott h gardner david pascarello and dr william robinson hello and we are looking at the next issue in uh, the Avengers run that we started, we did, we lasted, I believe, 502, and today we're going to take a look at number 503, which is the final issue of Volume One. No disassemble Avengers. Now, no, I'm going to speculate. I, I'm going to, I'm going to argue that that it's that it's the final issue of. of yeah, well, because they go back to the original it's, counting, it's, whatever they exactly. Can. Yes, it, it's the final issue of Volume One. It's the final issue. But but they had already gone back to like it. Yeah, they already actually, had Volume no, Two and Three, I think, they, yeah, and they went back to Volume it, One it, again. So yeah, yeah that, you know what? You're not going to have to argue it. You're not going to have to argue yeah. it at all. I'm accepting what you say as fact. Yeah, it's it's all of you. Oh, well, we got to re- we got to get these. Oh, we need to launch a new number one. <sighs> number one. So I'm going to speculate that Dave was not reading this when it came out. Correct, Dave? No, I, I never read any of these. OK, Scott and Bill, were you reading these as they came out? Uh. uh 
Probably, or I was, uh, yeah, probably. I always kept up with the Avengers, even when I didn't keep up with other things. I can't remember, honestly. I've read this, and I had this at one time. I don't have these issues currently, but uh, I don't remember if I read it like as it was coming out or, or slightly later. I, I, I don't I don't recall now. Yeah, I was definitely reading, buying and reading it as it came out. Uh, I think, I mean, my memory is a little vague on it. I think I liked it as it was coming out, but I was kind of unsure where they were going to go with this, and there was definitely some trepidation about, you know, what are they going to do with this series at this point? Uh, you know, Bendis... Uh, Bendis at his best can just grab you, and he's definitely at his best when you're binging his issues because you usually read them in about five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this this run did have me... I, I do remember being, you know, very interested in it. Again, I'm not sure what my comfort level was with it, but I definitely was regularly reading it. Uh, the release date on issue 503 is November 3rd of 2004, and it has a cover date of December of 2004, so only a month later, which I, I always thought the covers were about three months later. I think they started catching up later on in the... Uh, I couldn't pinpoint exactly when they started getting closer, but... Yeah. And the title of the story is Avengers Disassembled Chaos, part four of... Part four of... Uh, excuse me. Yeah, part four of four. Uh, and all I can think is, this is chaos, we don't root here... <laughs> I was going to make that joke, and I didn't think anybody else would get it other than us. I'm not sure anybody else will get it except for us, but at least, at least it was at least one person who got it. What are you talking about? Get Smart? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bernie Coppell played Siegfried, yeah. and his assistant was Staka. And every time, like, Staka would get excited about something or do something silly, he'd be, Staka, this is chaos. We don't, whatever, here. Bernie Coppell, and we had some art pages done by Oliver Coipel. There you Co go. So yeah. it, it yeah. all comes, comes together. Yeah, the story is written by Brian Michael Bendis. It is penciled by David Finch and Olivia Coppell, Coipel, inked by Danny Mickey. I'm not familiar with Danny Mickey. Uh, colored by Frank Diarmada. I'm not familiar with him either. And they can't then, Frank Diarmada about anything. Oh, wait, that's Takamata. Sorry. <laughs> and lettered by Richard Starkings and Albert Deschene. Darkish Deschene. The cover is by David Finch, Danny Mickey, and Frank Darmata. And it shows Captain America kind of, I guess, down on his knees or crouching, one or the other. And then on the floor around him, you could see... Uh, I think he's sitting cross-legged. Sitting oh wait, he could be crouching on the floor. You're right. You're right. You're right. What's, he, what song is could... that? Sitting cross-legged on the floor. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. He looks constipated. If you ask me. You well, see Hawkeye's arrows the, there. You see Thor's hammer. Uh, is that Ant Ultron's helmet. head? No, that's Ant Man's helmet. Ant Man's helmet. Okay. Or a version of it. It yeah. looks like it looks like a little bit of uh, the Vision's cape. Uh, yeah, could be. Yeah. yeah. And what looks What's that like that little thing? Is that like amulet, maybe? Oh wait, that's like no, no, no. They didn't have. Uh, yeah, no, they had the ID cards. 
Oh, and sitting cross-legged on the floor, that lyric is from the Chicago song 25 or 624. Took me a minute mm. to remember that. So to give the uh, Marvel Wiki synopsis for this story, before we go through it more closely, a flashback shows sometime earlier, right by the Avengers Mansion pool, Wasp confesses to Wanda that she had a pregnancy scare. However, she accidentally lets slip that Wanda thought she could have twins. She quickly dismisses the subject and runs off. Wanda then later went to see Agatha Harkness to ask her where her children are. Good job, Wasp! In the present, Doctor Strange introduces himself to the gathered Avengers and explains that uncontrolled magics are responsible for what has recently happened. He asks if there is any of the Avengers who could use this level of chaos. Captain America reluctantly confesses that it may be the Scarlet Witch. However, many refuse to believe that she would betray them. Nick Fury asserts that Wanda Maximoff was a terrorist and a former member of the Brotherhood of Mutants. Spider-Man also adds that she married Vision, a robot, causing everyone to awkwardly stare at him. Falcon (laughs) admits that Wanda had numerous amounts of tragedy in her life, including trying to create twin boys, who were later erased out of existence by Harkness. Strange shock that no one came to him when this happened elaborates on how Wanda was born with power over magics on how on how Wanda was born with power over magics is unnatural, as it wasn't through spirituality. It's a you can't have it unless you do it the way I do it. Cap even blah adds, blah blah. Yeah, exactly. Cap even adds that she had trouble controlling her hex powers. Ms. Marvel frantically asks Strange to try and reverse both. Hawkeye and Ant-Man's deaths, but the answer is that it's impossible. Apparently, because of Wanda's devotion to friends and family, she declined Strange's offer to be her stu- to be a student. It's imp- the uh, reversing it is impossible until Marvel decides to retcon it. Uh, Ms. Marvel then adds that recently Wanda obtained the power of chaos magic, which could bend the probabilities of reality. However, everyone cannot grasp that Wanda would kill the Vision, her own husband. Iron Man then arrives on the scene and explains that Wanda was with him at the UN and couldn't have been responsible. Strange then theorizes that she was unconsciously using her powers and has been driven mad by the loss of her children. Now Wanda has finally decided to extract her revenge against her teammates, who stood idly by while her children were whisked out of existence. The Avengers and Doctor Strange confront the Scarlet Witch in Harkness's home, where she had recreated her children, Vision, a Wonder Man duplicate, and Harkness herself. Captain America attempts to reason with Wanda, only for her to conjure up the Red Skull and a platoon of soldiers who force him out of the house. Wanda then goes outside to see the assembled Avengers. Ms. Marvel demands to her if she knows what she did. Killed her own husband and Hawkeye and Ant-Man, Wanda responds by causing mass chaos among her friends, with the Hulk appearing out of nowhere, Tigress spontaneously attacking Stingray, and multiple Spider-Men. Doctor Strange forces her to stop using the Eye of Agamotto to render her unconscious. Magneto then shows up and claims his daughter, while not a single Avenger voices a protest. Afterwards, the Shattered Avengers leave. So this this really jumped out at me as WandaVision slash Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yes, 100%. I was thinking the same thing. Except then better? Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, if it was hmm. really better, they would have had 
Dom DeLuise in this comic as Captain Chaos. <laughs> true, very true. No, he's Captain USA. <laughs> I don't know that it was done better, and we could we could debate that probably for a long time because I enjoyed WandaVision and I enjoyed Multitude Multiverse of Madness as well. Oh, uh, I think that I uh, WandaVision was okay until it wasn't. Okay, you know everybody has Wanda, their own opinion. I, I will defend WandaVision. WandaVision gets better on subsequent rewatches. I've I've watched it a couple of times now, and the first time through. I liked it, but I walked away going, eh, that was kind of pointless. But then I watched it again in preparation for uh, Multiverse of Madness. And I was like, okay, I get this a little bit more now. And then after watching both of them, I watched it again. And I'm like, okay, this this actually is really good. So, okay, yeah. So it, as much as, as I can as, appreciate that, that point of view, we're going to have to get you something else to watch. <laughs> But I, I definitely think, you know, that that would clearly that was an, an adaptation of what went on here. Um, and, I, and I think it was well done. I think I think this was fairly well done. The big, like I said earlier, my biggest problem with Brian, Brian Michael Bendis is you just fly through every issue. You know, there's 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 not a lot of meat on the bone. Yeah, well, I definitely flew through the issue to a point that when you were talking about how she created uh you know wanda creates the house with her children and the vision and agatha and then you said in wonder man i'm like wait wonder Man wasn't there and then i'm looking at him going holy shit there he is right there but he never speaks or anything and i didn't even realize he was in the room so that yeah it's funny yeah no it's <laughs> and if there's one thing that that you could expect from michael Bi brian michael bendis is that everything will get discussed because that's, I mean, his books were very talky, despite the fact that they were incredibly quick reads. You know, that was, that's, you know, kind of his claim to fame is the uh, dialogue. Right. So, you know, it, it, it's surprising, you know, because we, we, you know, as, as everyone who listens is aware, we focus mostly on old comics. And, you know, we talk about like reading a uh, Roy Thomas issue and, and how dense the, uh, the text is in a book like that so that generally makes the book a slower read when you have that much text to read and yet the talky books of brian michael bendis just fly you know you fly through them uh in particular i'm thinking of like his uh called ultimate spider-man uh run i i enjoyed very uh, those issues very much but again if you weren't reading them in, a, in some sort of binge fashion they were very unsatisfying because you pick up a new issue and then you you know you were done with it like two minutes later. Yeah, That's definitely. one of the reasons I I didn't collect that stuff as it was coming out. As a matter of fact, the more I think about it, this this whole era of Avengers right here, I I think I bought like a massive collection of it, you know, and and had like just about the whole, or maybe. This might have been about the time there was a comic shop I was I was uh, you know I'd go to regularly in in Noonan Georgia that was like going out of business and you know slowly going out of business and they started out with you know a certain deal on the back issues and then they they kept upping the percentage of the discount and everything to a point where I was getting 
eventually I was getting comics there for right around like 10 cents a piece because I was buying them in such massive bulk. And I think that's where I got most, if not all, of Avengers Volume 3, which this still is technically, even though they'd switch back to the Volume 1 numbering by this point. I think that's where I got it. And so I, I don't think I read it as it came out, but I think I read it you know, shortly after, because I remember being pretty much up to speed as things moved into House of M and um, Secret Invasion and, you know, all the stuff that came after this. So, yeah, it wasn't that far in the future. You know what I'm just just thinking, and it's I know it's slightly tailing off, but it's hitting on your volume three thing. Uh, I feel like if you're going to reboot, you know, and go back to issue one, what I would like for them to do is to, if you've seen like when they're coming up to a milestone issue, you know, you, you have issue 45, but it's also issue 500. Uh, you know, as right. they come up to it, they'll start putting the double number. They'll put both. Yeah. So if you're going to reboot it and start it from one, you know, just always put the double number. Don't wait for you to hit a milestone. Just keep the d- double number. Yeah. You can, you can go back to number the one, but we're also gonna, it's also going to be issue 685, you know? I, I don't know. To me, as, as a collector, I, it irks me when we go back to issue one and then they decide, well, at, you know, we're going to do 68 issues of this and then we're going to just add those to what we did and we're going to come out with the numbers again. Yeah. I mean, they, they had things run, things ran for 50 years. People had no problem figuring out what things were they didn't have to renumber everything back in the old days they had exactly the opposite theory that that Mm -hmm. people would want to read it because it was a later issue it was an established series and they Mm -hmm. didn't want it they didn't want to put out the low numbers that was like part of the reasoning of changing you know the numbering on tales to astonish and tales of suspense instead of just starting at issue one for uh captain america and the hulk Right. Well, DC did that too with uh, what was it? All Star Comics, right? Didn't yeah. they pick up the numbering? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. And that was that was kind of a strange thing. If I remember, I think it was issue fifty three when they started it up again. Uh, and apparently, when it had discontinued back in the golden age, issue fifty three was All Star Western. Yes. So there were actually two issue 53s. There was All-Star Western and All-Star Comics because they went back to that numbering. A lot of companies did that, too. A lot of those old war comics was something else. And then they ch- Sergeant Rock, I think, was something else. And they just picked up the numbers. Yeah. Uh, our Army at War. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's but, you know, I prefer let's let's have the let's continue for for the sake of the collectors. Let's give you that that's that. that continuity number plus it's a whole rich history you know what i mean you look wow this thing's been going 500 issues yeah well those adventures i guess the fear is that could be daunting to somebody who hasn't picked up the issues yet was avengers volume three the first one did that with the double numbers because i i recall that being the first time i i ever noticed it but it was that was it really the first time that they ever did that where 
all of a sudden they started to to have like the ghost number of of volume one there for a time before they fully committed to okay now we're just going to go back to the old numbering well, i, I no, remember they, it being done they, on fantastic four and i remember it being done on superman uh it was done on thor as well they did it on wonder woman too Hmm. And Thor's like, a real cheat because Thor wasn't it wasn't Thor until what issue eighty three when he took over yeah, Journey into Mystery something like that. yeah yep and then one twenty five it actually became Thor yeah they did it with Iron Man too now that I think about it Iron Man Volume three did the same thing yeah. oh yeah that's right yeah yeah huh so let's let's take a deeper dive into this issue now uh, you know we start off we have a previously on page. And then we cut to Avengers Mansion for the flashback of, I guess, you know, Wanda saying how she banged Hawkeye and she's afraid. Not Wanda, uh, Jan is saying that she banged Hawkeye and she's afraid she's pregnant. And we're getting when some she, real TNA what? shots here. I must have yeah. missed something. I don't know when she had a thing with Hawkeye, but eh, who knows? It, it was, yeah, it was in this series. I, I'm, I'm, man, I, I know I read all this. I, it's just... It's one of those things where it's they're all such a quick read and everything that a lot of it doesn't stick properly, mm. you know. But I do be. I do kind of remember that because I I liked them um, as a couple and you know that that their relationship was developing and all that. But they they pretty much abandoned that um, by the the end, you know, the actual uh, disassembly of the of the Avengers because she winds up back with uh, with Hank Pym at least for a time. This uh, this sequence here I actually like a lot because I don't know there's just there's something interesting about this because I remember reading this and being like holy shit that's right she had I'd completely forgotten that she had had kids that she and, and Vision had had kids and what how could you forget that that's like the whole the crux of uh, the well, begin opening of West Coast Avengers. Well, see, I never. The only thing I ever read of West Coast Avengers at this time, when you know, when I would have been reading this, was I read the Burn Run, oh. and remember, Burn started to set that story up of her kid because they kept like dis like they disappear on the different house or the um, babysitters that they had and stuff like that, and so Wanda kept going through different babysitters for the kids. And changing them up and everything because of the complaints or so, something like that, but I never got that whole story because Byrne left. He, you know, he pulled you know one of his famous hissy fits and ran off and and abandoned the book. And so when he left, I left, and so I never knew how the story played out or whatever. And it was such a minor um, subplot at the time that I, I I guess I just kind of forgot about it you know, that, that, that story was going on. So when this, you know, is kind of teased here that, you know, she'd had kids and everything, suddenly I was kind of invested just on the level of, okay, this is a neat premise because, oh, that's right. She had kids and, but I didn't know the whole story. I was like, so apparently something happened that she doesn't remember that she had kids. So that part of it, I, I found interesting that, okay, she would want to know, Hey, what happened here? You know, what? Why don't I remember them? What? Where are my children? So that part of it, I found interesting. I also um, like the fact that that the wasp, you know, casually, 
made the mistake of mentioning it, you know, without thinking, which is which to me strikes me as very realistic. You see that happen in you know normal yeah. life all the time. Somebody says something, they're like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have said that." Well, especially with her, because I've always taken her as kind of being the ditz anyway. You mm-hmm. know, it's just how I've always interpreted her character. She's kind of the the rich ditzy bimbo, you know, and here I, I assume she's probably drinking an alcoholic beverage. So, she's you know, she's easy. Also. Yeah. And she's not really thinking, you know, she just kind of blurts it out without really thinking. And then, as you say, does the hunt kind of, oh, shit, try to recover um, from all that. So this to me was was kind of the interesting part of the story. It's how it all plays out is you know, there, I, I feel very differently about that, but we can get into that a little bit. But this this opening sequence, this this was like the one chapter of the story I was I thought was actually really cool. So from that scene, we cut to the mansion, which is pretty much in flames, and Doctor Strange uh, addressing the assembled Avengers. Uh, and the artwork takes a real dark turn here from the you know the prior scene, which is sitting out at a pool in the sun, and now we're in you know nighttime and. This fire going on, and uh, we have you know Doctor Strange's astral image with his giant, giant cape uh, as as he's addressing them all. And we cut from there to Wanda and Agatha Harkness. Now I don't like on that page when she yells, "Tell me where my children are." I don't like the way her face looks there. She she's and drawn she like, like a fourteen year old. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny you and I picked the same number. Yeah, fourteen year old. Yeah, and and the pictures above, she looks you know more mature. She looks like she's probably somewhere in the thirty year old range. Just a quick question because I like I you know I don't read these. She didn't have red hair in the comic books, doesn't she? She had reddish hair frequently. Because here it really doesn't look. Red that's because this this coloring is is very muddy and dark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, what about when they were at the pool? No, she's got darker hair at the pool too, though. Yeah, her hair I always interpreted was more like auburn, you know, like a and like, <laughs> like brown, brown with brown with hints of red. Type now I'm thinking of. Uh... Because, because you know, you know, I love a good tangent. Thinking of the movie Ghost, uh, when uh, they 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 go to to you know they go to Whoopi Goldberg and she's like helping them to talk to their former people, and and the the woman is uh, talking to her husband. And he's like, "Damn girl, what'd you do with your hair? Oh, do you like it? <laughs> it's Auburn Sunrise." <laughs> <laughs> and why why that sticks in my mind, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I thought that was a good movie for what it's There's worth. There's much better movie. Uh, anyway. I used to have a high opinion of you. No, you didn't. Please don't lie. <laughs> so Do now you we have, have a pottery wheel? We have the, the talk. Well, that I could have done without that scene, quite frankly. <laughs> but uh, the, 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 Leslie Nielsen did it better. Yeah. What do you have, like six hands or something? Yes. So, you know, we get to the scene where they're all talking about how she could have been corrupted and evil and all of that stuff. And uh, it's like Hercules is in the middle of things, but he's not saying nothing. 
and then the beast is talking about he he seems to have the most information the beast can i just say how much i hate this model of the beast agreed hey this was his secondary mutation yeah no no wait was this his third? Because he gets even more cat-like looking later. Well, actually, the yeah. secondary would have been when he got the hair in the first place, because his oh, initial yeah, mutation was just the big hands and feet. His third mutation, but that was a thing in the X Men when they developed secondary mutations. I think that's when like Emma Frost gained the diamond powers mm-hmm. and stuff well, like he's, that. He's had he's had at least a secondary mutation by this point because he started like, out. Well, that, yeah, but that one he caused himself. He screwed and up. And then he became a gray, you know, gray and and fur-covered, and then he became blue. So he's had several mutations by this point. But, he's used up his mutation quota. But as as Bill said, that, that those initial mutations, until the writers decided to have a such thing as a secondary uh, mutation, those were all self-inflicted. At least that's the way they were written. Yeah. Right. So we get a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talky talk, 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 talk uh, about, you know, what's what Wanda may or may not have done. I really like that it's Nick Fury um, that points out when uh, uh, Falcon says, you know, she doesn't have it in her blood, meaning, you know, that Wanda doesn't have it in her to, to have done any of this stuff that's happened to the team. That Nick Fury says, well, you know, actually she does. She's Magneto's daughter, and she was a mutant terrorist, a mm-hmm. premier well, member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Think, I, I like that. You know, don't that, think she's that, Magneto's daughter anymore. No, I think she is again. You know, oh, she is now. I think she she was, then she she wasn't, then she was, then she wasn't, and then I believe she is again. Although that could have changed again since I don't read new comics. Me either. I think that on-off thing, I could be dead wrong about this, but my interpretation of all that was that that was during the time when Marvel was trying to uh-huh. distance themselves from the X-Men because of because not being... Because they don't them in the movies. Yeah, exactly. And if they, I understand you know, so right, they, I think they also did uh, change it so that Polaris is actually his daughter also. Yeah. When she was first introduced, she thought he she was his daughter and she wasn't. And then I think they've retconned that to now she actually is. Yeah. Now, one thing, and I, I'm curious what you guys feel about this. One thing that did bug me about this is how kind of clueless Doctor Strange seems to be about these developments. Now, I realize these people all have their own separate titles, their own separate, you know, things that are going on their own separate books and everything but and i'm i'm by no means you know up on everything that's happened between like say west coast avengers and now but you know is he not familiar and i mean he says at one point that he tried to take wanda under his wing as a student and everything so wouldn't he be aware of the fact that she was calling her power chaos magic? And wouldn't he be aware of the fact that, you know, she had the key? Because he says, I no, helped deliver those I, just children. Keep in, how, just how keep in mind, Dr. Strange, all of a sudden- Dr. Strange, as presented in this era, was a pompous ass. So he'd be, why didn't you come to me and tell me this was the case? <laughs> it's, shut up, Dr. Strange. 
Two things about that I want to mention about that is, and I believe we covered, didn't we cover the uh, Avengers book, uh, or is it a Doctor Strange book to where Wanda and Strange were teaming up and they were taking out Dracula with the... Yes! Yeah, yeah, that's my point. So so there he had an interaction with her. Now, Honda, Wanda, early on, didn't call it chaos magic. It was hex. She would use a hex. Like a like a witch's hex. Right. So I don't think the term chaos magic was used. It was just her hex bolts. And she affected her mutant power was she affected probability. It's only later that this whole magic act and she was learning magic from Agatha, Agatha Harkness. Right. So but so it isn't out of the realm of possibility that Strange, you know, did try to do something when they were doing the whole thing against Dracula and um did that have Stingray in it too? Because weren't they going like underground, yeah. trying to get in the hydro yeah, base? I think and... so. Yeah. Yeah. So but I all... mean, my my point is, is that you know, there's got to be, you know, there's got to be action in the gutters. You're you're telling me he helped deliver her kids, but never in all the years in between that and this, never like made a phone call. Hey, how you doing? How's the how's the family? You know, or when they actually teamed up together in something like that Dracula story, he never asked about the children or. You know, you know what I mean? That he was just completely clueless. I think the Dracula uh, you know, story was uh, before the children, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure of the timing on that. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, my, yeah, my point is, is that, you know, I mean, I don't expect every single character in the Marvel Universe to know every single thing that's going on with every other character. But you would think the major guys are comparing notes and... You know, there's the whole thing where, you know, the the FF and the Avengers, uh, you know, trade files and, you know, everything so that they're up on, you know, what the current developments are, of you know, major villains and, you know, shit like that. So you would think with something this big that had happened to Wanda and Doctor Strange being part of, you know, the, the birthing process or whatever, that maybe they would have wanted to let him, hey, by, by the way, Doc, next time you run into Wanda, uh, you know, we've had to wipe her memory because her kids didn't actually exist. You know, and nobody, buy, you, know, you know what I mean? It just seems kind of silly to me. It's, it seems kind of unrealistic that he literally doesn't know that this, this development has happened. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, but mm. I, I, I write it off as Dr. Strange was a pompous ass, and he, his thought was, you should come to me and tell me. Hmm. Now, Paul and I, I don't know if you guys listened to the past issues of this. I, I think, Dave, I think you were on one of them, but there was another one. I don't think Dave was on the one where we were said that Captain America looked like a pug. <laughs> so this two page, the the two pages were all like, oh, Doctor Strange, uh, please reverse this, blah, blah, blah. To me, in these three shots of Strange, at the more so in the two bottom ones where it's like, Almost looks like they just, you know what, son of a bitch, they did. All they did was flip that damn p- picture. Yeah. The ones that are opposite, You're they right. shrunk it, flipped it. I hate that when they get lazy like that. But you know what, Doctor Strange looks like effing lockjaw. That's what I was thinking. You took that right out of my mouth. <laughs> it, it, he looks like lockjaw in the pictures that are in between the flashback shots of Wanda. What were the green ones? Yes. Yeah, maybe a little He's got bit the more. The lockjaw mustache. So 
he just really looked like Lockjaw in that. Ugh. What is with what is with Finch and making people look like mutts? <laughs> well, but then he had he had to steal from George Perez and and uh, John Byrne. Yeah. But but then then we have the multi 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 images where you know it's Byrne, it's Kirby, it's Heck, it's everybody. It's called a collage. Yeah. It's it's called. Uh, let's not have to pay anybody for artwork on this page. <laughs> it's, cri- it's crisis on infinite Wanda's. Yeah. Yeah. The many faces of Wanda. I wonder if they do have to repay them for like reprinting their images. I don't know. It's a couple burns there. A couple burns, a couple Perez's. You know, you know what though? It's, and you know I dig old time art, but when you put the really really old images next to the more recent ones, they kind of stand out and they don't blend together well at all. Right. So I, I don't I don't like this collage for exactly that reason. Well, it looks like they actually cut them out of the comic books and glued them together. Yeah, give me that copy of Avengers number one and a, and a scissor. <laughs> 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 See it it it. If I was going to draw this, if I had drawing skill, I would have drawn this as going from left to right in, like, maybe a smaller, like, in an arc going from, say, two-thirds down the page, start there, and going up to the center of the spine and coming back down to the others to, like, like just, just like a rainbow, right? And have draw a Wanda at a different height going across the top of that arc and draw in the, you know, just have Finch draw it or somebody else, but they draw them, her in all these different variations of her costume or her personas and do that instead of just a cut and paste job. And put them in some sort of chronological order instead of just a mishmash. Yes, yes, exactly. There's a shot, I think it's a uh, a Perez shot actually, on the second page of the collage, uh, just to the right of the center image that that's on both pages, it, it looks more like Kitty Pride than Wanda Maximoff. Yeah. Is that a tarot card next to her head? I can't I, even I tell. I think what it that is. is. I think you're right. That's what it looks like. I don't remember what that. Oh, that must have been when they. Well, I don't know when that was. I don't think that's Perez though. Mm. And then uh, down at the bottom right. Uh, the the very small inset on there it looks more like uh, Wasp than it does Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Which one? The one with the purple shirt? Yeah, where she's, I guess, reading the newspaper. Oh, see, I thought she was in a straight jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man webbed her up. Right. We could have avoided all this if we kept her locked up. So I, I do like the dialogue going back and forth a little bit that some people are very quick to uh, to agree that this is, you know, that she did this. And then there's others who are ready to stand by and defend her. You know, Wonder Man is putting out his hand saying, you're wrong. He's ready to just tear Dr. Strange a new one. You're wrong, says the guy that was recreated wholesale. Oh, never by mind. her, yes. <laughs> by her. Then you're I, not biased. Then we, then we cut to the... Uh, the surreal image, I guess this is, you know, we're in one division world now where she's there with the sons and Agatha and Captain America comes walking in. 
and I, I like, you know, the, the kids are, uh, I, I do kind of like the dialogue from the kids. Shut up, stupid. Stop telling me what to do. <laughs> and then Dr. Uh, the Red Skull sh turns up. Now, who's doing his voice there? Is it uh, from First Avenger or from, uh, from uh, what you call it? The... But does he say anything? No. Oh, oh, he, he, he doesn't even get to say you're failing me. You're failing! <laughs> now, I do like this image here where, you know, when that scene ends and we have Wanda kind of floating above as Captain America is down on the stairs. Can you help Captain America down on his luck? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Can you help a fellow Captain America down on his luck? And then we get... Go on, get out of here! <laughs> but this, I mean, this is so... This is so multiverse of madness here. Where, you know... Except she's just not killing anybody like she did in that. But all of a sudden we have multiple Spider-Men around. We have... Uh, we have the, the Hulk looks terrible, though. I hate the, the Hulk face. That looks more like the Dale Keown Hulk, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Look, it looks like a jokerized Hulk to me. <laughs> I don't know who he's grabbing down at the bottom right corner, but look how big his hand is compared to the body of the person. I don't know. Who is that? Is that, uh, it's hard to tell. Can't, can't really it's, get a I wasn't on. even in this story. <laughs> it's Rick Jones. Bitch. I'm Rick. <laughs> it could be. So then, then she gets into the battle with Doctor Strange, which is not unlike the Professor Xavier Doc Phoenix battle in its own way. And eventually, mm. in this one, uh, Strange manages to win with the Eye of Agamotto. You don't mess with the Eye of Agamotto. When we first started Avengers Spotlight, I think Bill did, and he got into some trouble. Well, it is the thrill of the fight. That and, and the Book of the Vishanti. Domo origato. I got the eye of a mago. Well, never mind. That shot of the eye behind Doctor Strange is pretty cool. That is, I agree. I like. That. Although I don't yeah. like the way they, uh, the way his hands faded off into the bright light. It they look like they're out of proportion. They look like he's got these tiny little hands. He might well, you know, on the side. You know what they say about small hands. How did he do? How did he do those incredible stunts with such tiny little feet? <laughs> I love to just throw the references out there and see if people know what it's from. <laughs> oh, and this is where they discover, uh, you know, the Norman Bates scene. <laughs> Mother! Oh God! <laughs> Agatha. It was Agatha all along. She'll be back. <laughs> She'll be back when she gets her own series. I also like the shot of Magneto dropping down, but, you know, these capes are ridiculous. It's very dramatic, but it looks terrible. Yeah, it's so huge there. And then when he's standing down on the ground, it's like normal size. Do we need to put a sign up? Cape is larger than it appears. <laughs> And then he takes her off, and they let her, and then they all just slowly walk away. Oh. 
they play the Hulk walking away music. And then we have the... Uh, then we have then... Like, we're seeing a flashback, but it's just a reprint. It's just reprinting the, it's, when, when Cap's cookie quartet started. There's the newspaper shot, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. But she's not wearing her purple shirt. She's wearing a blue shirt. Eh, just a Coloring error. Yeah. Stupid people. So, and that's it for 503. What'd you guys think? I laughed, I cried, I kissed a couple bucks goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I only wish I had gotten it for 10 cents like Scott. <laughs> this is all right. I, like I said, I, right. I, you know, my, my recollection at the time was I was very intrigued by where they were going to go. I wasn't sure. You know, I couldn't imagine that they were doing away with the Avengers for good. I mean, I, I wasn't that naive. But I also wasn't sure what you know what their plan was. And as much as I enjoyed the run, you know, because this eventually brings us to the new Avengers, I enjoyed that run. But it also opened up Pandora's box as far as I'm concerned, because then you know we brought in Spider-Man and Luke Cage and Wolverine as X-Men, and it got—I mean, as Avengers rather—and it got to the point where every hero in the Marvel universe has now been an Avenger, and it's not so special anymore. Right. So that, you know, like I said, I kind of enjoyed that run, but I don't like... It's it's like so many other things that we've talked about in the past where, we you know, we like a certain story, but we don't like what came after it because people tried to build on that. And I feel like that's what happened. Once once they opened up Pandora's box, it was like, well, everybody has to be an Avenger. Let's make Hyperion an Avenger. Let's make, you know, uh, what's just basically anybody. I can't even think. You know, we'll, we'll, D-Man. Let, let's make Conan a, an Avenger. Be Arthur. And be Arthur. And be Arthur as Agatha Harkness. She could have played better. <laughs> that would have been perfect cats. <laughs> Betty White could have played an old wasp. Well, I was thinking about that, too, how they, they've now made, you know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they've made wasp older, which I think they've done in the comics, too, now. You know, here she's probably in her late 20s, early 30s when they show her around the pool. And then, you know, if you're reading it now, I think she's, you know, like in her late 50s, which I guess there's something to be said for actually progressing the storylines and, and having the characters age. But I don't, I don't know that I like it anyway. You know what? That casting, you could have a whole new series called Gulf Coast Avengers and have it take place <laughs> far enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah B. Author. And, I'm uh, much more comfortable with them aging the characters up than de-aging them, though, without real you know, explanation. Because, you know, you look at... <laughs> you look at... Uh, Hawkeye there, and I mean, how old does he look there? He looks to me like he's in his like mid twenties at the latest, at the oldest. And this is the same guy that in the early issues of you know Lee and Kirby's Avengers is talking about. Well, I, I think I might be hanging it up. I'm getting too old for this, you know. So 
Yeah, he's this, got Danny Glover disease. De-aging them you know, to that point is a little weird. Yeah, I, I agree. And then, But then, you know, like I go back and forth on it because, you know, I like the Justice Society being, you know, kind of the elder statesmen. But then I felt like they went too far with them being, you know, because they still wanted them to be from World War Two. It's like, so, so right. we got these, you know, 90-year-old guys. And it's like, you know, well, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I want, you know... You know- the you know if we could go to the golden age flash i want him to be kind of in his mid to late 40s maybe even early 50s but not really beyond that because otherwise you know i i know what it's like when you get beyond those ages you're not going to be a superhero no more speak for yourself oh please so believe it or not it's says so says orthopedic shoe man <laughs> <laughs> the iron lung <laughs> Uh, so out of the four numbered parts of the story, did this one seem to take the longest to read compared to the other three issues? It seemed yeah. like this one was. I, I think so. It's, it's wordier. Yeah. But even because then, the other it still didn't take a lot of battle, 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 fight, fight, fight. It did not it take, take long. Oh, oh, I thought you said Wong. I thought you were making a Doctor Strange joke. <laughs> I mean, even all four issues, I mean, because I, I missed uh, when you guys did issues 501 and 502. I, I'm pretty sure I was here for 500. So I wanted to catch up on everything. So I just reread 500 and read 501 and 502 and then 503. And I think I had all all four issues of this read in like 15 minutes. I mean, it, it took me absolutely no time at all to blow through it. So, Yeah, agreed. It's it's not it's not a uh, it's it's not a deep tome. Well, I I didn't want to step on anybody else's uh, thoughts on this, but I I had one on this. My my biggest takeaway from this is the same now as it was then, but I think it's actually slightly amplified by by time. Is that it's not that it's a bad story. It's not that it's not well written. Cause I think it's, you know, it's pretty well written and everything. Um, I think it's a, it's an interesting idea. I'm, you know, that's one of the reasons I really like the, uh, you know, the flashback that kicks this issue off. Cause I think the idea behind this is, is very interesting. Ultimately it's the execution. It's the way it's pulled off. And, while I do think it's overall a pretty good story and at least a pretty good premise and everything, it makes me very uncomfortable. This this era of the Avengers made me uncomfortable in a lot of ways, and it's because I, I think it, it, it's a couple of things are going on here. For one, I think that there's a lot of Ultimates damage going on here because I think Ultimates changed Marvel a lot, especially during this time, and it really shows because the Ultimates was so popular and such a big hit, it started to kind of seep into the mainstream Marvel universe, especially with the Avengers. They were they were trying to ride that wave and they were trying to capture some of that popularity. And so it's it started to seep into the Avengers. And I and I really noticed it with this run so you've got that going on but then also there was just this overall darkness 
happening at both Marvel and DC and with DC, you know, I mean, it ultimately led to the, the characters in universe acknowledging that darkness and it, and it led to infinite crisis, which supposedly was supposed to lighten the whole thing up. And we see how that all played out. So this, it, I walk away from this with just kind of a, I feel dirty somehow, you know what I mean? <laughs> just kind of like a, like a skeezy feel, you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Because it's not that it's, it's badly written. It's not that it's not a good story. It's just, it's so damn dark and de- it's very depressing. And I mean, I'm okay with a dark story. I'm okay with a depressing story, but I, you know, what, what bugs me, and I know we've talked about this before, is when the heroes no longer really act like heroes. And there's really nobody in this, Captain America included, that I feel is terribly heroic or inspiring or really what you've got. And I think Hawkeye sums it up really good in a, in a prior issue. I forget wh- whether it was 501 or 502, but he has this whole speech he gives about how we had this coming because of blah, blah, blah. And I interpret that speech as, you know, we're really just a bunch of assholes. And you know what? By the way they portray themselves in the dialogue and the way they're constantly making snarpy little quips at each other all the time, I I tend to agree. They're no longer the world's greatest heroes. They're a team of assholes. And I'm not comfortable with that. You know, I mean, these are, you know, these are supposed to be the, the pillar guys. And I mean, it's okay when you've got, you know, whether it's the Avengers or whether it's the Justice League, where you have particular characters like, say, Hawkeye or Green Arrow that are kind of asshole, irritant guys. But at the core, you could still tell they were heroes. I'm not getting that vibe from this. You know, that, that this could be a byproduct of the era of the anti-hero. You know, the Punisher, yes. Wolverine, you know, all, yes. all of that stuff. So, so we have to make all of our heroes more edgy. Uh, and I totally exactly. agree with you. I don't have a problem with showing our heroes as being flawed, but deep down inside, they should still be heroes. Right. And I mean, that's that's why I get just a, a weird and kind of icky feeling on this, because it's not that it's not, you know, dramatic I mean, a lot of it is really exciting. There's some very good ideas here, but it's just it's no longer applied to the characters I truly think of as the Avengers. This is this is a like a like a cheapened, darkened version where they no longer behave properly. Because one of the big notes I had on this uh, initially was that I I don't I, I think a lot of the characters are out of character, but I can't really go with that anymore because it's not that they're not in care. I mean, it you could go through the whole thing and be like, this guy's out of character. This guy's out of character. This girl's out of character. They're all out of character. It's because they're all out of character. That's exactly because it's the 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 universe at least with this title has taken such a dark turn that they're no longer behaving properly as the characters that we, we think of. 
I mean, in this whole thing, honestly, I think Spider-Man's the only one that I feel like is still pretty much on model, you know, and it's mostly because of his humor. The other ones just seem off to me. And the only one that's kind of not outright just being a dick all the time with the comments and everything is Captain America. But he's out of character because he's so weepy all the time. I mean, there's several instances here where he has tears in his eyes. He's the warm and sensitive Cap, Scott. uh, But no, but no, he's not. You know, that's the thing. And there was even there there is a moment in one of the prior chapters of this where he he barks at somebody and initially i kind of liked the scene it was a scene where and I mean, forgive me i'm going back to a prior issue here but it was where somebody uh, a soldier or something was was talking to jarvis and kind of snipped at him a little bit and cap jumped all over the guy and initially, I kind of liked that, like, oh, that's cool, you know, that, that Cap would call the guy out and defend Jarvis. But then I realized, I don't think Cap would behave that way, because it's almost like he was bullying the guy. And I don't see Cap that way either. So, you know, I I, I know it's a common criticism of Bendis that he didn't always have the best handle on the characters individually. And that a lot of times they talk a lot, but the voices are almost interchangeable. And I don't necessarily agree with that as a blanket criticism, but with this, I kind of see it. I kind of see what people are talking about when they say that, because there's a lot of dialogue for dialogue's sake that doesn't necessarily, it works as dialogue, when you're reading it and when, you know, as it's coming across story wise, but then when you break it down to actually apply it to the people that are saying the things you're like, would this character really say, is that their voice? And I, I don't think it is in a lot of instances. So I, I just, I really chalk this up to, you know, it's a product of both the, the ultimates era and the darkening of Marvel and DC that was going on. And, those two things together add up to an era of comics that I did not enjoy. And especially where it went, I'm trying not to forward project on this because I really didn't like where comics went beyond this point, but it, it has some of that, you know, mm. because it, it, it led to some things that uh, were, were pretty unfortunate for, for Marvel in in my opinion. So you know, I, I think this is a really good instance of, uh, uh, you know, and I, you know, Bill may disagree, but, you know, there's certain instances with the Marvel Cinematic Universe where they took ideas that were kind of, eh, whatever, in the comics, but did pretty cool things with them, you know, in their movies. Like, say, Civil War. I thought Civil War in the comics kind of sucked. But as a movie, it was pretty damn good. I think something similar happened here. I think, you know, some concepts were taken and spun out into, you know, as you say, WandaVision and, uh, and multiverse of madness. And, and I think those were pretty good here. Eh, I, I don't know. There, I just, a lot of it just makes me very uncomfortable with, with the way that it plays out. Um, I mean, I don't need everything to read like it's from the fifties or sixties. You know, I'm not a fan of the silver age, but, you know, there's something to be said for taking it this far beyond 
child friendly to me. And I, I've never been comfortable with that when it comes to your mainstream colorful heroes. I, I think they should always still maintain a, a semblance anyway of, of child friendliness. And this is some pretty dark shit. So, well, well compare this back to, and we all cover you, you covered you and I and uh, Paul covered uh, when the masters of evils, Attack the mansion, and that had some right. dark things in it too. But at the end, people still, you know, held their head up a little bit and still were heroic and still were the characters Absolutely. Yes. that they were. But yes. here, they're not. Exactly. And I thought now, a lot about that storyline reading this because in one of the prior chapters of this, there was a moment now they're proven wrong, but there was a moment where they were supposing that the, the vision had attacked them because Ultron had programmed him at some point in the past that when the Avengers have their worst day ever, I want you to set upon them. That's a pretty mm -hmm. cool idea, except the Avengers had their worst day ever years ago before this ever <laughs> happened yeah. and didn't attack them then. So it makes the heroes seem kind of stupid, you know, in, in that aspect, I thought. But it got me to thinking about that story with the Masters of Evil and, and how it plays out and how it resolves. And, yeah, some dark shit happens in that. They Hercules, beat Hercules is beaten into a coma. They uh, almost kill Jarvis. They torture him and almost kill him. And, you know, they completely destroy the mansion. And Captain America is reduced to tears at the end of the story because they tear up the only existing picture of his mother. That's pretty dark stuff. But I never felt like that was a story I couldn't hand to like a seven-year-old boy and be like, you'll love this. I wouldn't hand a kid this. I, I You know, I'd, I'd feel like a pervert handing them this. That's, I don't even know? let my 25-year-old kid handle my comics. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, here here this is the the final issue of the Avengers and it and it ends on such a shitty note. I mean, again, I don't need my comics to read like Silver Age comics, but at the same time, I you know, I read comics for escapism. I I want to be thrilled, I want to have a good time, I want it to be fun and I want it to be uplifting. Even if it's dark, I'd still at the end of the story want to feel like Okay, that was really cool. I'm glad I read this. I read this and it's like, damn, this is depressing. You know, it's just it's so dour. It's it reminds me of a DC movie. It's so dark and there's there's no fun. Where's the fun in it? You know what I mean? It, it wasn't fun to read. It was depressing. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's just how I feel. No, it, it's, hard you, to, it's hard to verbalize it, but I just, they sucked all the joy out of it. You can't spell funny books you're, without F-U-N. You're making a perfect <laughs> point because all I kept thinking was, for me, like, the ideal is the original Superman movie. And you compare that to the DC movies they've made since. Yes. This is the, com the comic book version of this. This is right. the current DC movies as compared to the original Superman. Exactly. And but you what what drives me absolutely crazy is when you try to talk to somebody who is really into those movies or really into modern comics about that stuff 
and invariably they they have very you know dismissive remarks like well well comics grew up or you know well they have to reflect you know the modern world or what and i'm like well if that's the modern world i want nothing to do with it you know i want my comics to be fun i want my comic movies to be fun no i want all of these things to depress me and make me feel like shit but people, there's yeah. people today, younger people, they do like that. I don't get it, but they, they do like that stuff. Yeah, there is there is a certain why? goth attitude about towards stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, but you know why? Because they haven't been exposed properly to anything a counter message to that. You know, they, they haven't been inspired like we were in our generation. I mean, watching Superman, the movie for the first time, it was inspiring. I'm still inspired by it. You know, you, you see that movie and I mean, yeah, with all the, you know, the superpowers and the superheroics aside, you want to be that guy because he's a, he's a cool guy. He's a nice guy and he helps people. And <laughs> where's that message for young people today, reading comics or, or, you know, watching the DC movie. They're not getting that. They're getting, you know, there's this thing I just saw about uh, one of the latest advertisements for Black Adam where uh, I guess it's the JSA or somebody says to Black Adam, real heroes don't kill. And he goes, well, I do. And all the kids are going nuts for this. I'm like, God damn it. You know, they're is that that an adaptation of the uh, comic? They they did uh, World War Three. It was like a four issue series because that's what it looks like to me. Oh, you know, it might be. Yeah. Um, or is now it that you more say that, that, that uh, seems very familiar. Yeah. That other one, the other Black Adam one, where Billy Batson makes his uh, Black Adam's word to change himself, and it's like the the ice cream that he eats, and because it takes Black Adam forever to figure out what the word is, like he used, he changed it from Shazam or Black Adam to like you know. Caramel ice cream or something like that. It was, I yeah, I, right. I, I'm not sure that's not the same story. No, I think it's that's, a different story. Was that because the end like, of think, the new 50, the 50, yeah, uh, 52, the weekly so. series? Uh, I thought it Where was it a six-issue. I thought it was a Oh, you know what? I think that is the end of 52, and then it led into a six-issue series. Because it ends with him walking through the desert, and he's just saying all kinds well, of yeah, words. Saying, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe that was in 52. But, and then he solves it in uh, the six-issue series that came like after 52. Yeah, that, that may be right. But this isn't a Black Adam podcast. Oh, Black Adam, keep on rolling. <laughs> so, Sorry, I did that joke a few years ago, except it was for Black Manta. But anyway. So we're going to wrap up so good, this though. issue because next time out we're going to do Avengers Finale, which just kind of takes this one and brings it to its finale. Darn, that's the So end. before we wrap this up, you want to rate it? <laughs> No, forget it. We're done. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to rate it anyway, then. Uh, the cover, to me, does not really reflect what we get inside. The cover, Except for the fact that the cover is dour and the story is dour. Uh, but I don't, I don't feel it really gives me a good feeling. It's not something that would make me think, oh, boy, I better pick this up. Uh, I don't think, I don't really care for the perspective on it. I don't know why Thor's hammer is there since he's not even in the book. Um, Cap looks like he's crouched in a bunch of gasoline on the floor. Or, or he's perhaps he's uh, moving his bowels. Um, 
Don't mind about it. Whatever the case may be, I'm not really crazy about the cover. I'm going to say a C. I'm going to give it a C, but for me, it might even rank lower. The interior art, I think, is well drawn, but it's so dark and so dreary. And Doctor Strange's face looks like uh, Lockjaw. Uh, so I'm <laughs> going to say the interior art, and I don't like the Hulk's face. There's a few images I don't like. So I'm, I'm going to say a B minus on the interior art because there are some very striking images in here. Uh, and the story-wise, I think this could have been done much more elegantly, and I think Scott kind of wrapped that up in in, in his description. So I'm going to also say a C plus on the story. It's epic, but it just could be so much better. And I'm going to give the book a, a I'm going to give the book a C plus overall. I rubber stamp you with everything you just said in order to move along. Move along, move along. I concur. I concur. I, I, I gave the cover a C minus. I look at that picture and I think he needs more fiber. <laughs> the interior art, some of it was lousy. Some of it was much better. I, I gave it a, a C plus on the interior art. The story, I rubber stamp everything what Scott said. I give it a C minus the story. Um, I'm going to go a D on the cover. Um, I like this cover much better when it was the promo poster for. Um, oh, shit. What was the name of that story where the all the heroes switched villains and oh, the, uh, they got attacked by their. Acts of Vengeance, yes. The promo poster for Acts of that's what it is. This is a ripoff of that, and that was done much better. I was trying to figure out why is Thor's hammer there. It's there because it was on the cover of, uh, or on the poster for Acts of Vengeance. That's why it's really? there. It's a complete ripoff of it. So, yeah, I don't, oh. yeah, I don't care it's for it. It's called an homage. Uh, it's called a lazy nah, man. No. <laughs> Um, the interior art, when you're, you're looking at it with the bright, airy scenes in the flashback, I think it's perfectly fine. As a matter of fact, I think uh, Wasp is perfectly fine here. It's when you get to the story proper and everything looks like it's being looked at through muddy water or something. It's You know that's a yeah, different yeah. artist. Oh, well, maybe that's the problem. Then, okay. Yeah, I did not catch that. At least that. the pencils are. Yeah, I believe it's Copier. Oh, uh, well, see, I like pages two that, through that, four and eight. All right, that explains that because I like Oliver Coipel uh, or however you pronounce his name. This this other guy, I'm not, I'm just not really crazy about. Vince? It's not that he's a bad artist or anything. No. It's just yeah, it, he's it, it's he's better dark. like a, like his big thing was Moon Knight when he did Moon Knight mm-hmm. and it was you know. It, it, it fits. Yeah, so you'd be perfect he's in for nighttime. Like he's fighting. He's he, all the muscles and you know the dog faces. So, right. I'll stop. Yeah, I don't think he's particularly good at the at the faces. Honestly, I really don't. Um, like Wonder Man looks. I don't know. It's just he's got like this weird pinched face. He just looks funny. But I think a lot of the characters look a little funny, and it's just two like dogs are pinching a loaf. <laughs> um. So, yeah, the the art really brought it down a lot for me. Again, not that it's not well-drawn or whatever. It's just, uh, it's, I, you know, I can't help but think that this story would be vastly improved by having lighter art. Um, I, I can't, I wonder what it would be like if it was like, say, George Perez, you know, who started, you know, who restarted this title as the artist. 
I mean, it might greatly improve it, at least on a visual level, because the visual is a lot of the story. So I don't know. I'm I'm just not crazy about the R. So I'm going to go a C minus on the interior R. And then the story overall, again, it's it's not that it's not an interesting idea. It's not that it's not compelling. Um, it's not that you know some cool things didn't happen. It did. It's just the overall delivery of it just really makes me uncomfortable. Um, I, I think they were headed down a dangerous path with this. And I really don't like the the downbeat that the whole thing ends on. I mean, after the way that volume one ended going into onslaught and all that, you would think that they'd want to, you know, with this chance to do it all over again and end volume one because of the renumbering that they would want to fix that maybe you know have a have a happier ending or a more upbeat ending you know you know stay you know stay tuned for you know new avengers or no it still ends on a down note and it's like i don't know it just really puts me off so story-wise i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna say a c minus on the story as well so overall for the book i'll I'll say a c minus it's it could have been great and it's just i don't know it's just damn depressing Yeah, I, I, and on that note, it is, and, and that's why I said, you know, <laughs> I, I did comment that I thought it could have been done so much more elegantly than it was. You could have accomplished the same yeah. thing. Uh, the interesting thing, or well, one of the interesting things, is if you go to the very end of the book, uh, it has, you know, next month. It basically has next week Avengers finale, which we've already indicated we're going to cover on the next Avengers uh, spotlight episode, and then on sale next month the new Avengers, which is. Kind of fascinating, I think, in its own way, because the cover is very, very dark, and it's hard to tell exactly who it is. You know, you you could kind of tell, you can kind of see Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Wolverine, uh, but you can't tell for sure. You know, it's so it's it's I think it's kind of cool that they kind of kept it shrouded in mystery as to where they were going to go. But they did let you know there is going to be a new Avengers. Anyway, since nobody seems to care about that, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll finish up this episode now and thank everybody for listening. And uh, I'll, we'll all talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't, don't worry. Next time won't be depressing at all. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to our show. And we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.